Well, if there had to be a theme that runs across our pharmacies right now, it's how do we do more with less? And our retail space is no exception. We simply have to make it more profitable and ultimately more productive. But how do we do it and where do we start? Well, as the famous Peter Drucker said, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And David Marr from Kepler Analytics, who joins us this week, will show us the tools that can be simply installed, but give us deep insights of how we can improve our retail productivity. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build your smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours, all the way through to episode 68. Big show today. I think you're going to be blown away by the insights that you'll be able to get from the technology that our guest David Ma is going to share with us. We often remark and admire the tools and the insights we can get of monitoring the engagement of our customers online through a tool like Google Analytics. And what David's tool is enabling us to do is to get the same insights in a bricks and mortar environment. It is absolutely remarkable. Anyway, I'm not going to spoil the secrets. That'll come to you very shortly. We'll have time for a check-in with you. I've got an upcoming event in Melbourne that I can't wait to share with you. And also a LastPass security update for those who follow the Facebook page at robertstar.com on the uh, Facebook. Then you may have already seen some of this, but I'm going to update you if you are a user of LastPass as well. Uh, We've got our interview with David and also the transformation motivational quote of the week. So let's get stuck into it. So how's your week been? Has it been a good one? I'm a little bit chuffed this week because I was asked to speak an event here in Melbourne coming up on July 3rd by Evernote. Uh, For keen listeners of the show, you've probably heard me mention Evernote probably uh, a half a dozen or a dozen times over our 68 episodes. And I've been invited to be one of the three panellists at an event in Melbourne where you can come along for free. And I'll put a link in the show notes if you're in Melbourne and you're keen to come along. It's an evening event. And you can come along and learn about all the new features that have been rolled out out in the recent months, as well as some power tips and tricks from other Evernote users other than me, and uh, they can help you get more out of your workday and also your personal life as well, which I use Evernote for as well. So if you come along, I'd love to have a drink with you at the drinks afterwards, and we can catch up and uh, shoot all things Evernote or not, or could just be anything pharmacy for that matter. So I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Interestingly enough, I got some fantastic photos and messages this week regarding an item that I just about finished with is uh, the Transformation Keep Cup. So you may have, if you followed me on Instagram or seen any photos on Facebook or Twitter, have seen these Transformation Keep Cups, which we made for the Transformation book launch in 2014. And they are a special edition because they were only made for that event. And I've been giving them to our past guests and also some of our prize winners from 2014. And uh, there were some great pictures and also 
a great email that I got this week from Kathleen in uh, Canada and also from Todd Urie in the US, who, of course, was a past guest on the show in episode number 55. And uh, they were just enjoying their uh, morning coffee through the Transformation Keep Cup. Now, I do have two of them left, and uh, I'd love them to go to some passionate Transformation listeners. So... If you do me the honor of writing me a review on uh, iTunes, and I'll post the link in the show notes of exactly how you can do that, um, essentially just going to the link robertstar.com forward slash iTunes, or snapping a photo of yourself doing something of a transformation flavor and using the hashtag transformation on Instagram, then I'll be able to send those out to you if you're one of the first two. And if you just miss out, I'm sure I'll be able to think of something to fill the void and also make that up to you. It'll be sensational. So it'd be fantastic if you do that. And of course, if you'd just love to write a review, I'd be more than happy and I'd absolutely love you for it as well. LastPass was an interesting one this week. It's a tool that I recommend. It's probably my number one recommended tool to any pharmacy owner, let alone a business owner, just from a productivity standpoint that uh, as Sharon shared with us a few episodes back that she's saving upwards of 45 minutes to an hour and a half every week just by utilizing it. It's not completely infallible. It can have a security breach as it did this week. So for those who use LastPass, just a little quick update. I'll put all the details in the show notes at robertstar.com forward slash episode 68. But the guts of it is that you need to probably change your master password unless it was a super strong one and it used alphanumeric characters, special characters, and all sorts of things like that, you probably are best to change it as well. And thank you, Pete in Victoria, for sending me the email the morning of that breach to alert me to it. And I was able to let everyone know via the Facebook page, which if you haven't checked that out, uh, head across to Facebook and look up Robert Star Transformation or just facebook.com forward slash Robert Star. And I often post a few tips and tricks and little updates like that throughout the week as well. Transformation Magazine's been getting a lot of a lot of interest and very very popular. Particular uh, Brian Walker's feature article, which is quite pertinent because it's talking about retail and why bricks and mortar really is the jewel in the pharmacist's crown. As we're going to talk about today, of how we can make it more productive and more profitable for us by utilising some smart tools. Um, but I've had a number of readers email me and say, look where would be the best place to start? What would my business most benefit from? And without knowing that, of course, it's very hard for me to answer that question. So what I've advised is that if you read the page that we've got on page four of how to get the best benefit out of the magazine, um, what it also recommends is that you can take the Pharmacy Freedom Index. Of course, as you'd well know, that is free uh, that you can get at pharmacyfreedomindex.com and it'll give you a snapshot of what you should be focusing your attention on and perhaps where you should start in terms of which strategies may be relevant for you as well. And if you subscribe to the magazine, which is just hitting that subscribe button when you visit transformationmagazine.com.au, then you'll get transformation bonuses worth over $400 if you do that before June 30. So if you haven't done that, get stuck into it and grab those bonuses. Today's show is brought to you today by Audible. So for you, the listeners of The Transformation Show, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service, which of course, as you well know, I am a big user of. At the moment, I'm still working my way through The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. 
uh, which you can also download uh, by visiting uh, audible.com. Um, and particularly, you can use the link audibletrial.com forward slash transformation. That's audible.com forward slash transformation. And of course, you can grab that um, at your leisure after you listen to this week's episode. Anyway, enough from me. We're going to head across to David. I know you're going to be blown away by the insights that you'll be able to get and particularly how you can utilize the insights to drive productivity in your retail space. I know you're going to love it. Our interview today is with David Marr. He's the co-founder of Kepler Analytics, a retail intelligence company. David Marr, welcome to The Transformation Show. I should be here. Oh, fantastic to have you, David. And uh, I know our listeners right now at the moment, we're right in the midst of uh, six CPA negotiations. We're not quite sure what we're going to get. And uh, certainly our dispensary profitability is certainly going down at the moment and our operating costs keep rising. So we need to make our retail space more productive. And I know that uh, our listeners are going to get a lot uh, of value from listening to uh, what you can teach us today. Sounds good. Um, so, from my understanding, um, uh, the PBS scheme is uh, is being uh, 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 changed drastically at the moment, and that's going to impact uh, profitability for pharmacies everywhere. And I've spoken to a few pharmacists uh, around my area in the uh, Melbourne CBD just to understand this uh, a bit more, and um, it seems that the dispensary section is being hit very badly and that there is now a need to move towards uh, more sales in the retail side of the, the floor products. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, as we as we can see in most traditional pharmacies, you know, the retail space is the largest component, usually about 80% of the store space, yet only perhaps around 20% of the total sales as well. So it's not a highly productive space. Uh, so it's it's always been a, a, real, a really interesting one for, for us pharmacists to be negotiating because we're not business or retail trained natively. It's something we tend to acquire over our journey is to what we can put in there. And we've often, often taken guidance from marketing and banner groups as to what we can put into that space. And often it can be quite uniform across, across the pharmacies across the nation, um, but certainly from a product, productivity point of view, I don't think any one of us will be saying that we've really nailed it right now. David, I know that um, a lot of our listeners love to know a little bit of background as to how our guests came onto the show and uh, I guess why, they're, why they've got so much to offer to pharmacy and also in retail businesses as well. So I guess why do you feel that technology is important to the future of retail businesses right now? So um, my background is uh, in uh, online retail. Uh, so I, I've been uh, working on several startup companies uh, with mobile and online retail. And what I found was the power of, of understanding customer behavior and having the analytics of how customers, uh, how to map out customers' journey throughout um, the, the website, so from discovering the website all the way to making the purchase, help my team improve the experience so much so that there was a two-month period where we experienced about 40% week-on-week growth for the entire two-month uh, period. So that, was, that, was, that really opened my eyes to the power of data. And a few months ago, um, 
I, I was talking to my business partner and it hit me that 92% of all retail spending still being done in bricks and mortar stores. And that was surprising to me because all the innovation seems to be happening online and in mobile apps. And the challenge with, with, with bricks and mortar is that it's very hard to, to measure what's actually going on in the store. And if you can't measure something, you can't improve them. And we've worked with really large retailers, uh, uh, um, large national retailers in Australia. Uh, I won't mention any names, yeah. but, but uh, uh, a lot of them find it very difficult to measure. In fact, what a lot of them do is they, they hire dozens of, of, of uh, university students to go into the store and, and, and observe and record and then compile the information. It is expensive. It is unreliable. And it is it is a slow process, and very highly subjective too. I imagine it would very much depend on whether that university student was uh, highly motivated that day, perhaps a little hungover from the night before, and uh, and what they what they would observe. And I guess from what you talk about there, it's it's really interesting because you know, often we see in this in this online world right now how complete journeys can be mapped um, and analyzed very deeply through things like Google Analytics. So I imagine, you know, if we had the power to have that kind of detailed analysis in uh, our bricks and mortar stores, it would be extremely uh, valuable to us. That's right. And and the primary purpose of, of measuring is so that um, as a business owner, you can make a decision on which technology or which marketing campaign or, or what, what you're doing to improve your store that's actually working and what isn't working. Yeah, it's, in, it's, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, I guess it, as that age-old phrase, you can't uh, manage what you can't measure. That's right. And uh, it's, uh, it's something that uh, we often battle with. Um, our point of sale systems very, you know, depending on how, um, how critically we manage our stock inventory processes, we may know at a snapshot of how much stock we have and, uh, you know, roughly what its turnover might be and, uh, you know, what are, the big, what are the top sellers by sales or gross profit. But in reality, um, in, in terms of how that's laid out across the customer journey, intersecting with the traffic um, in, as, and to how they enter the stores and move around, it's largely unknown. That's right. And, and by understanding customer behavior, you can then, you can then essentially understand uh, where to put your investments for your, for your pharmacy. So, you know, I, I've started several businesses um, over the last six, seven years. And uh, one of the most important lessons I've learned is, um, is identifying the job to be done by your service or your product. What, what is it that you want to be great at? That one thing that you want customers to, to, to share, to, to essentially experience from your, from your, your, your solution and talk about you. Now, look, it's really interesting because we're going through that uh, transformation, pardon the pun, or actually not pardon the pun, that was deliberate. Um, but, <laughs> but um, you know, where, where the transaction economy is on the way out, uh, the ability to be exclusive for particular products uh, is no longer a strategic advantage for us in pharmacy. Um, you know, we've seen that uh, quietly exit our stores into supermarkets um, by stealth. Um, and, you know, obviously the, the other remaining 
exclusive categories that we have in dispensary and professional services and scheduled medicines are under threat right now. So it's transitioning away from what does the customer value when they come into the pharmacy and creating that value beyond price. And for the majority of pharmacies right now, we're looking at you know creating that professional services model, which yes, there's a big challenge about being remunerated for that. Um, but at the same time, it's really understanding that customers come into the pharmacy with particular problems and really trying to map our best possible journey that we can help them with, whether that's related to a product sale, whether it's advisory or even something beyond the pharmacy um, as far as uh, another allied health or um, general practitioner that you may be working with. So it's, it's really interesting to try to understand that a little bit better. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think the three important dimensions um, to consider are price, service, and convenience. And what we've seen in the, the pharmacy uh, landscape in Australia is that um, uh, the likes of Chemist Warehouse have been really uh, taking hold of the price category of, of discount, uh, discount medicine, of discount products. And in terms of convenience, we're seeing the rise of online pharmacies um, uh, it, it, I, I, I don't. I don't. Haven't really seen an online pharmacy that's that's really um, done it exceptionally well yet. So I think there are opportunities there. However, the third part of this uh, of this equation is service, and I, and I think where pharmacies really need to differentiate themselves is in terms of of service, because at the end of the day, if you try and compete in price. Or convenience, it's just too difficult. Yeah, look, absolutely, and 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 it's something that you know plays to your strengths. You know, the majority of us, when we've hired people for our businesses, have been for customer-facing roles, um, and just through pure inefficiency of how we've perhaps have managed our back of house or inventory sides of our businesses, we've injected them into administrative roles, uh, which some of them may resent, some of them may enjoy and take to the challenge, but perhaps you know that interaction with the customer tends to take a, a, a back seat sometimes when you're able to negotiate that. So I guess to understand really what's going on in the stores right now and you know a lot of a lot of our listeners own different types of pharmacies, some in sh- shopping centers, some sure. in super uh, well, not supermarkets or actually there is one in Queensland that has a <laughs> grandfather clause on that which is a really interesting one of a uh, pharmacist only owning the supermarket who owns yeah. the pharmacy but that's an exception but also medical center type pharmacies. Um and really understanding, I guess, the customers that come visit them, um, because typically um, our point of sale and reporting has only ever told us about what customers buy. Uh, but if sure. they come to the stores, they browse, they don't tend to find what they're looking for. There's obviously some you know, a bit of a gap in our knowledge as to where those patterns are. So what is the technology that can help us uh, understand that a bit better? So I guess before we get to the technology, um, the main I guess I want to explore the questions that that need that needs answers. The, you know, um, it's interesting that 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 people tend to use a sales data uh, to to primarily understand their customers when it's it's purely one dimensional. You need to understand what the food traffic is like outside your store, how your store is attracting people into the store, where are they spending time the most. Where aren't customers going in your store? 
are they simply going straight to the dispensary or you know are they are they spending time in the retail space but potentially don't have enough uh, uh, i guess don't get the service that they expect and walk out empty handed so these are questions that need answers and and it is difficult to get these answers which is why in Kepler Analytics we 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 started um the this company to to provide the tools for retailers and, and ho hopefully pharmacies would also find this useful to measure what customers are really doing in your store and optimize the store based on those feedback, based on the feedback that you're getting. Yeah, look, it's, 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 inter it's interesting in terms of, I guess, responsiveness because typically most pharmacies, when they've set up promotions in pharmacy, um, it may be on, you know, at the, at the highest end, maybe on a two-weekly cycle, but there are sure. pharmacies that I've observed that have perhaps had the same promotional window and stock on their gondola ends for, you know, four, eight, 12 weeks even. Um, and, you know, and there's obviously that golden rule in retail that if your customer passes the same spot and nothing's changed uh, within that set time period that they immediately have uh, you know lost confidence that you're a dynamic retailer and that uh, you know that they're likely to see innovation in your business so I, I guess um, you know what what would, what would you say is I guess the best starting point to I guess find an answer to that those questions so the, the best way to start is to ask yourself what your goal is so as a, I mean, um, I, I spent um, the last couple of weeks uh, preparing for, for, for this podcast by, by talking to a few pharmacies uh, around my area and, and, and with you know, the different ones as well, from the independent pharmacies to large pharmacies. And it dawned on me that it, it become, it, it's becoming more and more important to select uh, whether you want to be great in service or whether you want to be great in the retail part of things. And most pharmacies are having their, their legs in two buckets, trying to do both at the same time. And the problem with that is you, you get unfocused and you're not able to, be, uh, to provide um, uh, the best uh, service or, for example, the best retail experience for the customer. So there is a pharmacy in, in the south, at south of Melbourne. I, I forgot the name of the pharmacy. Uh, Como, was it? Uh, I forgot the name. Maybe it was Como. So what, what they do is, is they've actually revamped the entire pharmacy experience and, and, and focused completely on the service part. And I think they divided the pharmacy into different sections like aged care, like uh, um, uh, 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 what do you call that? Weight, weight control and then yeah, you've weight got management. weight yeah. management and then you've got um, uh, different, different uh, preventive, preventive care and if you've got all these different things there and they're focusing on ensuring that customers who do come in get to speak with a specialist who can give them advice on the right products to buy and the right way uh, to, 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 to prevent uh, 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 illnesses. So I thought their approach was very interesting and they decided to focus on, on service. 
Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's certainly a changing model and certainly to compartmentalise, I guess, the business into specialities is something sure. that uh, is, 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 a, is a growing trend. We're seeing, you know, a rise of specialty pharmacies in the US coming up, uh, more so than here, specialising in areas such as HIV, uh, diabetes is a growing one that's, you know, obviously th- flowing over here as well. So, you know, to really understand what are the key customer demographics is something we've, we've spoken about on, on the Transformation Show in terms of digging into that data and understanding, I guess, the relationship between some of the product sales and also the clinical data and what our patients are actually looking to solve and what kind of journey they're likely to experience. It's it's very well known that a diabetics journey is quite a long and convoluted one. Um, so to really design a solution that's going to meet their needs not only now but into the future is certainly a, a, a great goal, goal to have. Um, but I guess, you know, that's connecting, you know, some of our point of sale data, our dispense data, loyalty sure. data. Um, but when we've got customers coming into the pharmacy, um, obviously, as, as, in this in this day and age where everyone's just about carrying smartphones right now, um, is, is it that, you know, that might actually unlock some of the secrets for us in terms of, you know, the fact that we're able to actually map w- the way they move through our pharmacies and the way they interact and actually pair that with some of that, um, I guess, more structured data that we're getting from our core systems uh, to be able to understand them better? Sure. So um, in Capital Analytics, we, we've developed a sensor that detects the unique signature of smartphones of customers when they come in. So what this enables us to do is understand how many people have visited the pharmacy in a, in a period of time. Um, it can even tell how many people are walking past the pharmacy outside, what the foot traffic is like. It can also tell where people are spending most of the time in the pharmacy, which is important considering the the uh, uh, the how different the dispensary section in the retail floor, uh, what the, how different the problems uh, that they solve for the customer are. And we can also use this data to, to optimize staff to patient ratio because, ser- for instance, if service is something a pharmacist wants to be, wants, wants to focus on, a high staff to patient ratio is very important, but you need to balance that by not having, not overstaffing and at the same time uh, not understaffing and and what foot traffic data allows you to do is to to optimize your staff roster based on historical and predicted foot traffic and i guess and I guess when you're talking about that uh, you know that signal that's Wi-Fi isn't it that's correct so yeah. what we do is we passively track uh, the the um, the Wi-Fi pings coming out from each smartphone. So each smartphone has a unique, uh, what we call a MAC address, M-A-C, MAC address, that when they send out, all we do is we, we capture that ping and we identify if there's a person there or not. And we use a combination of duration and signal strength. And with multiple sensors, we can use triangulation to understand um, how long a person is spending where in a pharmacy and i want to emphasize that the way we're doing this is completely private so we're capture we we cannot capture any personal information Uh, in fact we have no connection with the phone whatsoever these phones are already pinging these 
uh, MAC addresses out into into the air to connect to Wi-Fi routers. That's how they do it. And we're just sensing whether those pings are are, are strong enough to 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 essentially determine if someone's in the store or not. Yeah, and I and I guess you know, look, almost everyone has smartphones now. Not everyone, but there may still be some customers have who have yeah. perhaps, uh, for lack of a better word, a dumb phone, um, or um, you know, they may actually be aware of this. I know it's been in the news quite recently um, that all. All really, customers have to do is turn their Wi-Fi signals off um, to prevent that. So I know that typically, from a traffic uh, measurement point of view, we've looked at um, infrared sensors. Um, So I guess is that complementary or competing with uh, this type of technology? So we we have explored all the major technologies from from infrared to, to to sound waves to thermal sensors to video. And we ended up choosing Wi-Fi because it's the easiest to deploy. Literally, plug it into a wall socket, and it it just works. And it's affordable, and and it can it can detect so much more than whether there's just someone there. So when you talked about infrared sensors, infrared sensors work by uh, detecting uh, if someone essentially broke the laser beam to to tell that whether someone was there. And the problem with that is you cannot detect if it's a unique individual, number one. Number two, you cannot detect if they are employees or not. Uh, and, and, and number three, it's very susceptible to, to heat changes throughout the day. So, for instance, if you have a shadow, flicker, or sunlight, it can actually give you false, false numbers. <laughs> so this is why we moved away from that and decided to do Wi-Fi. And... You might be wondering how many people actually have the Wi-Fi switched on all the time. So we've done studies in many different locations around Victoria, and the closer you are to metropolitan areas, the higher uh, the density of of, of uh, 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 the higher the percentage of people who have the Wi-Fi switched on all the time. In fact, we're seeing eighty-five to ninety percent of people enabling the Wi-Fi's. Now, the further off you are from metropolitan areas, you will start to see a drop to uh, as low as 65%, but we've seen mostly 70%. Um, uh, in saying that, uh, the sample sample size is large enough for you to be able to make decisions and for you to also under- know that, that the data that we're, get- we're getting is accurate and you're tracking unique individuals. Yeah, look, it's it's interesting uh, because it, at that stage, we're in, you know, a lot of us would have no doubt been to you know high traffic venues, be it shopping centres, whether it be sporting stadiums as well, and uh, we're starting to see this ever growing trend of offering free Wi-Fi even in central business districts as well. So, is this, I guess, part of their ultimate plan of trying to understand us better? Yes, and I uh, I have my I, uh, well. I have a lot of thoughts about the free Wi-Fi services. <laughs> um, you see, a lot of these companies that provide free Wi-Fi, um, not many people know this, but when you connect to the free Wi-Fi, essentially they get to monitor everything that you look at because you're now connected to their system. Um, and, and in fact, a lot of retailers are doing this in order for them to see if you were showrooming. Showrooming means people looking for price comparisons uh, with their competitors while in the store. Yep. 
And I guess for for my company, um, we we believe in customer privacy. We believe that that's very important. And if we were to provide free Wi-Fi, we don't want to be to to peer into what people are looking at. So this is why we've designed our our our, our solution to be completely private and passive. In fact, behavioral information is more often uh, much more powerful than 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 to to essentially stalk uh, 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 what people are looking at on their smartphones yeah. and and getting just a small percentage of people uh, uh, connected to the system. Well, I suppose it's interesting because uh, some of those, those bigger retailers that have offered them probably example, an example I can think of is like a, a Harvey Norman. It was probably really just to show proof of what they already knew that uh, their online part of their business was uh, was not as strong as perhaps some of their best competitors um, and that uh, right. perhaps the Wi-Fi would just show them that people were coming in there to <laughs> research the product, look at it and then order it to be shipped directly to their to their homes. and. Look, I've got no doubt that um, a lot of our a lot of our audience today would be thinking, sure. well, how many how many of our customers? And I suppose that's always been one of our biggest fears: have come in because of our wonderful service um, yeah. and have effectively showroomed us to then go down the road to Chemist Warehouse yeah. um, and buy it at the lowest price. But you know, I think that a lot then comes down to, I guess, the value proposition of what you're offering, and if it's simply just firing back answers and not really uh, providing any emotional or personalised. Um, in in your engagement, uh, then yeah, I think that's fairly obvious. So yeah. I suppose some of us may be thinking that may not be a bad thing to know uh, if if we're being um, shopped that way. And certainly <laughs> with the uh, emergence of uh, apps like Red Laser, where you can scan barcodes and uh, look at prices, um, you know, at Chemist Warehouse, for example, um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that that may be a thing. But I think if we're if we're being reactive in that sense, we're probably not being forward thinking about where we might. Be in the next five or ten years time that's right that's right and uh, what I wanted to add um, about the uh, I guess the guest the free guest Wi-Fi system is that um, retailers that we're talking to are now realizing that very few people actually tap into the free Wi-Fi so what you end up having is you get data from less than two percent of the food traffic which yeah. isn't really useful and and our sensors uh, detect uh, basically every nearly everybody with a smartphone. Yeah, which, which is incredibly important because uh, you know it's very well researched and known now that most people will start their research and uh, you know their pre-shop um, on a mobile device, uh, particularly uh, you know in the uh, in the mum demographic, uh, which yeah. are some of our better customers in our pharmacies. So you know how they use it, and um, you know certainly something that's really interesting. Um, but I guess when we when we look at our stores right now, um, you know one of the biggest opportunities that I can see that you know is really important for us to be looking at is that you know the, the data that we have right now to make our decisions I guess about our space is based on our reporting systems which generally are our point of sale there are some retail dashboards that have bobbed up that have provided us mm -hmm. with uh little bits of information here and there, but usually not quite dynamic. But um, it always tends to come back to us looking at what are our customer numbers. But our customer numbers probably aren't truly reflective of what's really happening uh, because we generally are only counting paid customers, uh, whether great. that be dispense, retail, or perhaps a mix of both. So 
we've never been able to quantify those missed opportunities. So I, I, I guess where I where I can see what you've been mentioning is, you know, there's a possibility that we can actually look at any given hour and say, well, we've had a hundred customers come in during this hour, and we only had seventy sales. What happened to that other thirty? And uh, and I think that really starts to you know get us thinking dynamically about how we can improve. That's right, and. Um, previously, we were talking about the service side of things, and I guess now let's focus on the retail space side of things. Yeah. Um, a very important metric that physical retail is missing is what we call the conversion rate. And that's essentially uh, uh, counting how many people out of, say, 100 people that came in the store, how many people bought a product? Say, was it three people, was it four, or was it 30 <laughs> And, and this conversion rate is more representative of the store performance than purely sales numbers. And in the online retail world, conversion rate is king. That's, what, that's how websites are compared in terms of performance. And in, in, in the physical retail world, there hasn't really been a proper way to do this so far. Uh, which is why we're really excited to introduce the Kepler Sensor that allows allows business owners and managers to combine the point-of-sale data with the foot traffic data into the store and immediately get a picture of what the conversion rate is like hour by hour uh, or day by day or week by week, uh, depending on the reporting cycle, and, and even benchmark between stores in order to find out how different managers are doing, different locations are doing, and to understand what why is it that this store is converting more customers to buy, uh, say, a specific type of product when the other store isn't converting so well? And once you have answers to those questions, you can then really make decisions to improve on, 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 on sales numbers and profitability. And I guess that's really interesting, David, in terms of, you know, we've quite often have looked at our global customer numbers in terms of what we get on an hourly basis in the total store. But through your technology, can you zero in on particular categories? Uh, in some of our larger pharmacies, we might have category managers for natural health or perhaps for mother and baby or even for beauty and cosmetics. Um, so can you zero right in in actually looking at if you had 100 customers in an hour of which segments of the store have actually bobbed up as the most popular areas and you know i guess for lack of a better word you know almost like a heat map um. <laughs> yeah yeah most certainly so as i mentioned earlier with multiple sensors you're able to do um uh triangulation and what that allows us to provide business owners is a heat map of of popularity of the of the different segments of a store the larger the store the more useful this is so for example, a, a large pharmacy store with many aisles, we are able to tell where most customers spend most of the time, which aisle, and then use the data of what categories of products they are in each aisle and, and determine how well different categories are doing. 
Yeah, look, it's, in, it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, look, it's something that, you know, obviously then provides you with, you know, tangible information, which quite often in the past has been very, very hard to come by and perhaps only anecdotal in terms of when we've looked at our retail mix as to what are our highest performing categories, what should we be concentrating more of our resources and efforts on and what should we be retreating from? Because the days of being everything to everyone uh, are well and truly past us. Um, so to be able to understand that I guess in, in a specific area is important um, but I guess in terms of also the customer journey which we spoke about and you know that's that for me is I guess the, the panacea of what I see in bricks and mortar and that we've achieved so much in the online retail space from a customer experience and journey that we've been able to customize it um, right the way through you know the process whether it be at the sales end through the checkout or when you first visit the site so I guess it's taking the best of what's online bringing it into the, the bricks and mortar. Um, but I guess we've spoken previously on the show about things like iBeacons being giving you the opportunity to interact with um, your customers through by way of push notifications and so forth. Is this something that can provide customers with feedback as to their positioning in the store and linking in with internal marketing um, information and also product information as well? Uh, I guess yes and no. Yes, because it can provide insight. Uh, iBeacon technology can provide insight into um, the customer behavior on the app and, and, and push notifications and to a certain extent location. Um, but no, because the challenge with iBeacon is the need to, number one, have the app installed in the, in the phone in the first place. Which is which is a very difficult proposition, even for the largest retailers uh, to to achieve to get most of their customers to, to install an app is is quite quite challenging. Yeah. Um, and iBeacon has a short range, so Wi-Fi it has about uh, so the technology we use is Wi-Fi with a range of about twenty to thirty meter radius. Um, iBeacon has an effective range of uh, a couple of meters. Yeah. Yeah, no, so like, I guess it just provides a different level of, uh, of, of interactivity. And I guess for our listeners who have just, have, you know, just uh, consumed all of, all of our technology and are thinking, okay, look, this is all quite technical and so forth. Um, and, and when you mentioned, you know, I guess it's a case of plugging and, and, and uh, turning on the device uh, to mm-hmm. get it to work. But I guess for a lot of us, we'll be thinking, well, to make it usable, to get those data insights, to connect it with our point of sale and loyalty systems and so forth, is it a difficult thing? And I guess for, for the average uh, listener, how would they get started? Sure. So um, step one, we, we, send, uh, we send you our sensor. So the sensor is the size of a smartphone. And uh, step two, you plug it into a wall socket, uh, turn the power on, and uh, uh, step three would be uh, to wait uh, 24 hours and we'll give you your login details to your own dashboard and that's it. And essentially you start to see um, the traffic numbers outside the store, the traffic numbers inside the store, time spent in the store. Um, and if you had multiple sensors plugged in anywhere in the store, you can then have heat maps of your store. And... Um, and in terms of integrating with point-of-sale data, if you have a cloud-based point-of-sale data, we can do it within 24 hours at, at, at no, no charge to you. 
Or if you have a more traditional point of sale system, you can email us your, your, your transaction data either on a weekly basis or monthly basis um, and we can integrate that quite easily and you sh- you'll be able to see all that on your, on your dashboard. And is that as much as that you create a, a virtual uh, map of your pharmacy uh, that's overlaid on the signal? That's correct. So um, if you have a very complex pharmacy, we then work with you to get your layout and the different categories in your pharmacy so we can show you uh, um, which area is getting um, what percent of, 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 of activity in your store. Um, but if you have a, a simpler, smaller store, um, uh, uh, then one sensor is sufficient. Okay. Okay. And, and I guess in terms of getting your insights and analytics, is it live and dynamic? And does that mean that, you know, on an every, on an every hour basis um, or even as you're going, um, you could be sent alerts from the system to say that you've had quite a differential in your sales numbers versus your customer numbers? Or is that something that perhaps is a, li- a little too, too much to ask <laughs> at the moment? <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's, uh, we can definitely do that. Um, so our, our product has been designed to meet the needs of retailers so far. Uh, however, in saying that, we do have a great team of developers. So um, if any of the listeners uh, wanted a specific um, feature in, in, the, in, in, the, in the dashboard, they can simply ask us and we will build it as soon as possible. So in terms of alerts, um, so far retailers tend to look at the data once a week, every Monday. But a pharmacy owner might want to see it more often and, and be alerted only or, or maybe even less and be only alerted when there's a large delta between performance of, say, last week and this week. So we can definitely build that in. And I guess it all comes back to what you were saying earlier, David, about the questions that you need answers to and uh, what you're looking to do and whether or not, for example, you're looking to get the passing traffic uh, data that you know you might need for your upcoming rental review in a shopping centre um, yeah. or you know whether you're actually looking at the productivity of your team because I think a lot of us have, have found ourselves in positions where we've had too much, too many staff at one point and not enough at another, um, but we haven't really been able to quantify I guess you know how many customers we may have missed, and I guess what that what that opportunity looks like. Because I guess if you can if you can quantify that, it makes it very easy to perhaps invest in more staff at a particular point in time, knowing that your you know twenty thirty customers are walking out without being properly serviced or without buying something, and I guess it drives a different culture and behaviour as well. That's right. And one of the retailers that we are talking with, uh, sorry, we are working with. Um, they uh, they they sell uh, they are national retailers. They sell tea and teaware, and and what what we discovered looking at the data is that um, they are very effective at converting customers to to making a purchase. So the store their store staff members are really good at that, but because the the queue time is so long that they end up losing. A lot of a lot of customers walking out because they couldn't they couldn't get to speak to anybody, and by making some modifications to the roster, they're able to make so much more revenue that they 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 didn't know that they were missing out on. 
Because I imagine that um, through the ability to localise that um, customer traffic, you may have even been able to find that they were standing in line and perhaps exited from that point um, so that, you know, it's rather than it being a shallow entry to the pharmacy or to the retail store in this case, uh, where someone's just simply picked up a product, looked around and then walked out, um, they've actually spent a bit of time in the store and have been lining up but just uh, got frustrated at the length of the queue. Yeah, in, in, in fact, this, this retailer I'm talking about um, uh, is losing an estimated about 30% of sales because of that. And by making small modifications, you can see how much more sales that one can get uh, in your store. And also, I just, I just wanted to, to mention um, uh, about marketing. Uh, some pharmacies, um, uh, pharmacy owners I've spoken with are starting to do quite a bit of marketing, whether it's online marketing or, or um, uh, newspaper advertising, or I think some of them even look at local radio stations. Yep. And, and I always ask them, which is working best for you? And a lot of them find it hard to answer because all they have is sales data. Now, by using the data that we can provide on foot traffic, we're able to identify using um, uh, basically uh, correlation between your campaign and the lift in foot traffic, which campaigns are actually working best for you. Or maybe you, you will find that um, you, you're spending a lot, of, a lot of effort on social media and, and when you stop social media for a week, nothing changes. Yep. So then, then that case, in that case, then you're spending, in, you're investing in a in a marketing channel that isn't bringing you returns. And then you might find that if you did a local newspaper advertisement, that your foot traffic lifts by thirty percent. And every time you did that, you saw that occur. Then you know that that is a better channel to advertise in. And I guess the best thing about that is that you not only can manage uh, the entrances entrances into the store, but also the conversion as well. Uh, because you know you might have an effective marketing campaign, but if your productivity of your team in your store, or the layout, uh, or the way you've positioned things, has not allowed you to convert those sales, um, then at least you've got that information available, so that you know that the marketing has worked to bring the customer to the store, but internally, um, you know, the space hasn't been as productive, whether it be a personnel issue or a merchandise issue as well, and it gives you information to go back to a particular point in time, rather than, you know, throwing the hands up in the air and saying, well, I just spent $1,000 on that uh, ad or I threw it into Facebook ads and it didn't quite work out, um, you know, why didn't it work out? So to be able to go back granularly is so, so important. And, and I guess for, for our listeners, David, you know, that, that back end that allows you to look at all of these insights and so forth, is it, is it easy to operate? Um, and is it something that, you know, we're going to need an IT person in the business to have to install and constantly give us reports from? Uh, not at all. Um, we've designed it to be as simple to use and deploy as possible. So essentially, with your with your account on the cloud, you 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 log in into your Kepler account, and you can see everything. There is there is really no further work to be done, and and we've designed our our system to to essentially disappear into the background and give you answers that you need. 
Yeah, and I guess that you know comes back to again that initial point of you know you don't only utilize this technology to answer answer questions that you don't currently have an easy answer for or the inability to find those answers for. So you know every business is going to be different, um, and as we always talk about, it's about working out what is the big vision for your pharmacy and what you want to do. And I guess you know being able to track um, you know the the measurement of your efforts um, and the strategy being implemented um, is just going to be I guess you know confidence boosting that you're doing the right thing but also at the same time uh, being able to make quick and smart decisions rather than having to reinvent your strategy on the basis of um, very little understanding that's correct that's correct yeah, no, really, really good. And I guess, you know, there's so many opportunities uh, for that. Um, and we often talk about, I guess, how cloud um, has enabled, you know, data to pass so much more freely between systems and uh, influence other systems uh, through the, you know, the ability to write rules and so forth. And, you know, there's, there's so many opportunities that you can see there, whether it be, you know, a, a measure of, you know, staff productivity or the changing way that you dynamically change your roster based on the influences of uh, traffic and um, you know concentration in a particular area and it might even drive staff training and expertise if, if, if it flows back through but I guess moving along like do you see your technology and even other Wi-Fi enabled technology being something that I guess is just a, a core system that most retailers will integrate with every other bit of resource planning software that they have? Um, so from the retailers that we've been working with, uh, it's, it certainly seems so um, because we, what we're trying to do is to provide them that singular dashboard report that they can use to look at the performance of the entire chain of stores. So not just in terms of sales, but things like I mentioned earlier, conversion numbers, foot traffic numbers, um, the different marketing campaigns, which one has worked, which one hasn't worked, and do and benchmark different stores to each other as well. So we, we want we want to be able to provide that 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 single dashboard with all the most essential information for a store manager or business owner. Yeah, look, and that's so important right now because, you know, I guess these tools have really given any independent uh, business owner, let alone a pharmacy owner, I guess the tools to be able to, you know, manipulate their strategy for their, and tailor that strategy for a particular area, whereas previously it may have been outsourced to a marketing or a uh, banner group and, and still currently is right now. And um, any of our, our listeners who are part of banner groups, it's not a reason to shift away, but it might be a good way for you to actually utilise that technology even at a head office level um, to understand, I guess, the effectiveness of those campaigns, whereas previously it's been a case of this is what we're doing, this is how you know it's rolling out over the next 12 months and having to you know i guess suck it up and 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 manage it and and look at the analysis in the wash up rather than having any dynamic information moving forward so I guess that's yeah so I guess the fascinating thing that uh, you know we have we can have those insights now that's right and and what it takes is is the courage to 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 test new new things the courage to to implement different different technologies different campaigns different ways of connecting to the customer and understanding which one is the most effective for your pharmacy 
Yeah. Yeah. No, look, it's, it's really key. And, you know, I think the favorite phrase that I've probably used a number of times on this show is that uh, if you think what you've always thought, you'll do what you've always done and you'll get what you've always got. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's never, I guess there's never been a better time to really challenge that uh, when, you know, there's so many external forces against us at the moment, whether that be, you know, a, a dispensary model that used to be profitable in its own right and the retail really didn't require it to it didn't really need to be that productive um, in terms of a profit generating part of the business but now it is um, and we need to you know recognize that space as something that we need to improve on um, but we need to know where to improve um, and how to do it because it's not something that we're inherently going to understand not being traditional retailers ourselves. That's right. And, and David, I always like to ask, you know, just, I guess, looking forward and crystal balling, I guess, where things may go. And I, I guess if we just throw down two big barriers that we always put towards, I guess, future progress of both time and resources. But, you know, what, what would you love to see implemented in retail businesses today? And it doesn't really have to be technology, but, you know, where could you see the experience heading? I think, I think the retail experience is, is so integral in 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 society and that the, the the ability to touch and feel products before making that purchase is so important but making that great retail experience happen needs a lot of feedback from customers so if a retailer can can spend the time to really understand their customers needs and customers wants and design the retail experience around that i think that i think that will become the future of 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 of, of bricks and mortar retail um, it's not about what it's not about uh, implementing technology it's not about it's not about changing just about changing the way your staff are trained it, it's about combining every little thing that you can do to meet the goal of pleasing your customer and converting them to making more purchases and coming back more often. Yeah, and I think that personalization is just so important. You know, we always touch back on the origins of pharmacy before brands, manufacturers and distributors were around, uh, where, you know, pharmacies were inherently compounding pharmacies and everything was customized for an individual patient based on an individual prescription that was provided by a doctor, but they still had retail areas and they still had to produce that stock uh, on, on a daily or weekly basis. And the only way they were able to do that was, you know, I guess anecdotally and also face-to-face was listening. Um, and I guess the ear um, of listening in in uh, 2015 and beyond uh, will have a lot to do with, uh, you know, how we can understand our customers better on scale um, as opposed to, you know, individually so that we can, you know, wow them and give them that remarkable experience like something was just made for them uh, purposely. And that's because we understand them so much better. Yes, and and I and I really like what you said earlier in this in this podcast about um, not being able to uh, that that we can't please everybody, that we have to choose who we want to please, and we need to be great in 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 in, in providing for the needs of a specific group of people because that way we can truly differentiate ourselves and get these customers coming back very often. 
Absolutely. Now, David, it's been absolutely brilliant. I know that our listeners have taken so much away from it. It isn't about, you know, which types of signals and technology, um, but really the ability that you now have a tool uh, to measure probably your most underutilised resource space in your business um, and really understanding what makes your retail area tick and what you can do to improve it and uh, no doubt get a higher level of profitability than what you're currently getting right now. So we look forward to uh, following uh, your journey and with Kepler and uh, having you back in the not too distant future. Uh, thank you. And uh, I guess just uh, one last thing for, for all, uh, all the listeners out there. Um, if you go to our website, keplernalytics.com.au, so K-E-P-L-E-R analytics.com.au. We'll pop it in the show notes. Sure. And if you um, uh, uh, reach out to, to us and mention the transformation show, Happy to give you a one-month free trial at one of your pharmacies and for you to essentially get a feel of how this technology can make such a difference in running your business. Oh, that's very generous of you, David, and I know that our listeners will uh, certainly uh, hopefully take you up on that. Alrighty, Thank you very much for having me. No worries. Thanks, David. Well, for the majority of us, we've always looked at our retail space and wondered how can we make it more productive, what's working, what isn't. We've often looked at the planograms, the individual data sets that we get sent from different marketing and branded companies, but really not had anything to bring that back to into what it means for our store, what our customers actually want beyond surveying and asking them for feedback. So it's fascinating to be able to see the uh, tools evolve to be able to help us solve these problems. And that's where it comes to with my three key learnings this week. So number one is find solutions to your unsolved problems. There's a lot of questions we need answering in our retail space and you now have the tools. Which marketing's working? Is it online, offline? Does this campaign bring more customers to the pharmacy? And when the customers come to the pharmacy, are they converting? Are they buying these products? And if not, we then get indicators to tell us that perhaps it could be our team productivity isn't there, our roster's incorrect, we may have too many people on it some times of the day and not enough at the others. So we may be able to balance that out. It could also be to do with our inventory as well. Which stock areas get a high concentration of customers, which don't? And we can make smarter and more dynamic changes rather than waiting for those, I guess, uh, planogram updates to really drive the behavior in our retail space to make it more productive. What it means is that those of us that are part of banner groups, we can provide in-store feedback back to our banner groups to drive better and more high-performing planograms on an individual store basis. And it gives us the tools to be able to have those conversations, which is a fantastic place for us to be working in partnership. And also the layout and the workflow. There was a great example that David mentioned of that tea retailer in that they were getting lots of customers coming into the stores, but because of the checkout process and the lines, they had lots of customers walking out. And because they could heat map the customers to the queue where they were standing, they could very quickly see that that process was costing them sales. And ultimately, a few small changes to that workflow boosted productivity and sales uh, in a massive, massive way. Number two, make your current retail space more productive. Right now, 80% of your space on average will be 
in the retail space, which is generally only attributed to about 20% of sales. And we've spoken about a lot on the show in that if we have all our eggs in the dispensary basket, that any small fluctuations to that area is going to ultimately have a huge say on our overall profitability. So we need to make that space more productive. As Brian Walker pointed out in episode 53, and we'll link that in the show notes, you'll be able to map your customer journey, but also by boosting that retail productivity and sales in that area, you're also offsetting the effects of PBS reform as well. And it really means that you don't have to be everything to everyone. You don't have to stack it high, watch it fly. You can really tailor it to what your customers want. So you've got smart data that we've spoken about in POS and loyalty systems, linked in with analytical data that you can now get from these Wi-Fi systems. And it's not just about on offline in store, but also online. We spoke a lot about the different analytics tools that are available to give us a remarkable journey map of our customers online. We need to bring that technology into our pharmacies and approach it the same way. And learning number three is grab every opportunity with both hands. All the tools are available right now. I think we can all agree, those who have been listening to this show all the way back, you've come across all sorts of tools that can give you understanding, insights, and also the ability to implement an action. But it's really important that we actually take action. We don't just think about it, strategize about it, that we actually do it and take advantage of it as well. So we need to use these tools to understand our customers and our communities better through data, not just through story and gut feel. You know, we've always had those conversations, you know, particularly I'll, I'll pick on giftware, for example, because it is a, it is a crowd favorite where we've always thought, well, if we, if we get rid of it, we'll lose some of our customers. But through the data, we'll under, be able to understand, as we've spoken about previously with loyalty data, we'll be able to see, do our top 20% of our customers that bring us 80% of our revenue value giftware very much? And also, are people going to the giftware section and is it only happening at certain times? We now have the tools to be able to do that and then it enables us to design a more remarkable experience. Well, that brings us to our transformation motivational quote of the week, which comes from Ivan Frangi in episode number 42. If you give people an experience they can't get anywhere else, they won't go anywhere else. I think that one's so appropriate for this episode, now that we've got the tools to understand what our customers want, particularly when they're visiting our stores right now, and what they don't want, and we can certainly perfect that along the way. Don't forget, we've got a big interview coming your way next week. We've got Kylie Bartlett, the author of Friends with Benefits and the creator of Facebook Business Bootcamp. I've been long promising you the best Facebook expert I could find, and Kylie certainly fits that bill with bells on. Absolutely fantastic. I know you're going to love it. She'll show you how you can prosper in the new world according to Facebook and gain the tools and confidence to make Facebook work for you and your business. I know you're going to love it. If you've enjoyed today's show, leave a comment in the show notes. There is always space for you at the bottom. I read and respond to everyone. And my guests like David today are always happy to respond to your questions and feedback individually. And don't forget to grab your free audio book from audibletrial.com forward slash transformation. Have a great week, everyone. And I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye for now.